You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Uh, so this, this week what we're talking about, our, our ser- sermon series called Joyful Noise. And what we've been doing in this series is looking at some of the fun Christmas songs that we all know and love to sing and how those can help to bring the joy of the season about. I don't know about for you, but for me, I've been a lot more excited about this Christmas than last Christmas. Last Christmas was a train wreck. We visited that last week. We don't need to revisit why that was a train wreck that it was in 2020. But I I shared that I think all of our anticipation for this year is because everything last year was postponed, delayed, or canceled. And our hope was that things, even if not fully 100% as normal as we might like them to be, that things about Christmas could come back. Uh, And so I'm thankful for those things that we've had, and I found myself just enjoying Christmas music more than I usually do. And my point with that was that a lot of the messages of Christmas and a lot of the things that we're looking for in this season, a lot of the the feelings and emotions that kind of well up within us, I believe are pointing us not just to the magic of the season, but beyond that to Jesus. As a reminder for us that that is our hope, that Christ is our hope. And so this morning, you all sang beautifully, there's no place like home for the holidays. And I like that one because... This past, uh, well, for Thanksgiving, we had a chance to go home for the holidays. I had a chance to go to Virginia and to see my mom's house. She had moved kind of pre-pandemic, and we hadn't had a chance to see her new house that she had moved into um, since she moved from kind of my childhood home. And uh, I I didn't realize, I was kind of wondering how that would go. You know, it's a new house. How would this feel? Would it still feel like home? And I got there, and of course, the house was different. And I began to kind of go inside and take a look around. Um, and this is my family, just kind of a shameless plug. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was a different city, different home, different place, and how would it feel? And every time I walked around a corner, I would, I would see something from my childhood home. I opened up the pantry to grab some food, and I saw that my mom had kind of a display in the back of all the refrigerator magnets that we used to keep on our refrigerator at home. And it just flooded back a ton of memories. I remember, like, little, it said, like, Brian is a shooting star. It had, like, a little shooting star on it, you know? My sister had one, too. I guess we're both shooting stars. But there were all these little, like, Disney magnets that we had got when we first came down to Disney. And it just kind of brought back all these memories. I came around the corner at one point, and she had a framed photo of our childhood home that we'd grown up in. And then around another corner, I'd see a piece of furniture or... Um, a piece of artwork or a dish or something like that. And it was a reminder for me that that home is a place. It's a physical space. But I think a lot of what I look for in home were those memories. Those memories of the life that we lived together as a family in Virginia and and how each one of those brought something back. And it was a good experience for me because I felt like I was home. This was a brand new place I'd never been before, but it felt like home. And I was reminded it's about the people and the memories, even if the stuff and the location changes. And I think that idea of home is very powerful because home speaks to our basic human need to feel like we belong. We're going to take a look at the scripture in just a minute here. And what I want you to listen for is is how the idea of home is cultivated when John writes the narrative, which is wildly different than the rest of the gospel of authors, how John writes the narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to listen for the words about home and that sense of belonging and a place where we can live as beloved children. 
So let's take a look this morning at uh, John chapter 1, and we're going to look at how John explains the Christmas story. So beginning in verse 9, it says, The true light was in the world. Sorry, the, the true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, but his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children. Born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me, because he existed before me. Let me offer a prayer. God, as we explore your scriptures this morning, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear, our hearts to believe the good news that you have for us today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, of course, as the scriptures allude to, at this period of time, it's a sense of a world living in darkness is the picture that John paints for us. A world that was in darkness and unable to see the light that had come. Unable to understand fully what the birth of this baby meant for them. Now, of course, the world wasn't dark at that point. We know uh, historically there was probably as much light then as, as there is now. But there's this sense in which all that had been hoped for and promised was still being hoped for and waited for. And large parts of the world and large parts of others didn't understand that the birth of this baby was the light that they had been looking for for a long time. And as John describes it, I get the sense that there's a people in a world where they are home, but not quite at home. I kind of think about there's a scene in one of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone, uh, where Kevin has obviously been left at home, right, and the parents have gone off, and, and he's kind of wandering the streets by himself, and there's that point where he kind of like longingly stops and looks through the window. Do you remember this scene where he's kind of looking in the window and he sees the warmth and the home of this family, and he realizes like all I want for Christmas is, is my family. And obviously that movie wasn't out quite yet, but I think that's the sense of what John is trying to get, the sense that the world is kind of looking longingly towards what we know that we ultimately want, which is a sense of home and family and community, a place where we can belong, a place where we know we are the children of God. And that's the sense of darkness that John senses around at the time of the birth of Jesus. This longing for the promise of God. Of course, the good news that he shares in his gospel is that Jesus becomes this answer to us of what it means to belong and to have a home in God. We use a fancy church word for this called incarnation. Incarnation is the truth that God comes from heaven into the world, takes on human body, lives a human life, that God becomes like us. When John writes, it kind of reminds his audience at that time, and they probably would have heard this too, it reminds them of other times when God showed up in the midst of a dark season for them. It would have reminded them that for a while they were slaves in Egypt. 
doing the dirty work and the hard work, not people who belonged, not people who were home. God comes down and speaks to Moses and tells Moses to basically bring my people out and create for them a community, a place where they belong, where they are home. And the language becomes very similar if we go back to the stories in Exodus. The stories in Exodus tell us that that God encamped among God's people. It's kind of the same way that John says, the word became flesh, made its home, made its home among us. And so in the Old Testament, God comes down and dwells and they build this this giant kind of mobile tent. Uh, And this becomes the presence of God, the place where God lives. And as they're journeying these 40 years through the desert, this is their home base. So whether they're in like this desert with this sand or like that desert with that sand, it all looks the same. It's not the promised land. It's not as good as it was in Egypt. They're in an in-between time. The presence of God is with them. Because they can see it in this tent. They can see the cloud that descends and the fire that leads them. And they know that they have a place with God. Their home may be mobile, but it's a home. And it's a home for God. And so the language there tells us that God came down from heaven. And sometimes I think we take that almost too easily because it's so familiar to us. I mean, if we really allow our minds to expand into this, the God of the universe cares enough about people to come down and to make a place, in a sense, maybe to get uncomfortable to find a second home, to be among the people that God loves. And so what we see in John's account here is that that Jesus really becomes the thing that everything was pointing to, the person that everything was pointing to. Of course, the tent in the desert was was a picture, but it wasn't the final example yet. So Jesus becomes the final example of God's love for humanity. But Advent reminds us, the season of Advent in the church reminds us that we're not just counting down as our chocolate calendars, or if you went to Aldi, your wine calendar, or or there's like dog treat calendars for Advent. We're not just counting down to Christmas. It's a reminder to us as we light these candles, as we make our way and journey towards the center candle, the Christ candle, that we're reminding ourselves that a long time ago, God came and rescued God's people when they were enslaved. And that in the person of Jesus Christ, God came into the world and made a final definitive mark to say, here is a way for you to be home. But it's a reminder to me that though the world was living in darkness then, I think we would all agree that though it is very bright and always sunny in Florida, that there is still a sense of darkness around us. A sense in which things aren't right. A sense in which there is injustice or oppression or prejudice. A sense in which we can look around and say, this world is pretty great, but I know there's a lot of things out there and a lot of things in me that aren't what God would really love and want. And so what Advent reminds us is to keep our eyes focused on what's coming next, which is the return of Jesus. That if God came in the past and then God came in Jesus, that God, as promised, will come again to make all things and all people new. And I think that's where we have a lot in common with the people in Jesus' time. The Marys, the Josephs, the shepherds, others, the everyday people. They'd already waited a long time for the Messiah. 
They'd already been waiting a long time, and they probably wondered, as we might, you know, 2,000 years later, like, I don't know, is this thing really going to happen as it was promised? Is the Messiah really going to come? Christmas is a reminder for us that God's promises, though they may take longer than we expect, though it may take longer in our lives to see what God is doing, though there may be delay when we want God to speed up and move quicker, that the promises of God can be counted on. And that we can trust that if Jesus says that he will come again to make all things new and to make the world new, that maybe it'll take another thousand of years, maybe it'll only take a few more letters of the Greek alphabet for us to get through, but that God will come again to make all things new. In the meantime, while we're waiting, we are not a people without a home. Now, I'm looking around, and I realize that all of us, I think, who are here, and probably most of us who are online, have a physical home. Physical homes change. They adapt. Circumstances happen. And so the invitation this morning is to remind us that what our hearts are longing for is not so much a physical home, but to be among people, to be among a community where we can say, I belong. These people see me and they value me and they understand who I am. They get that I can do a lot of things well, but they also know my flaws and they love me the same. Because all of this points us to the God who provides a home for us. This also helps us too because we can think about those who are not just home but away from home. We can think about those who are not home for the holidays, those who are also without a home for the holidays. This helps us to think about maybe the refugee who is without their homeland or the person who lives in poverty and that steals the roof over their head. This invites us to consider the person who's living in a domestic violence situation where home is not a safe place. It's a, it's a fearful place. This reminds us that there are both healthy homes and broken homes, that homes are places where there is imperfection, where there is brokenness and sin, where there are good times and bad times. And so I was inspired this week by a TED Talk that was given a little while back uh, by Ginny Kim. Uh, I thought I had that up there. Uh, by Ginny Kim, who was born in Seoul, South Korea, but who now uh, lives in Ohio. And her story is that she moved around a lot as a kid. She moved around a lot as a kid. And so she began to get a very acute sense of what it meant to be home. And she says, home is two different things. Home is a physical sense of home, a, a place that surrounds us. And that's important. A place, a building, a room. But that we ought to also pay attention and cultivate that internal sense of home. The sense of home that is within us. A feeling that goes beyond the physical. And let me click two ahead. What she says is that home isn't just what surrounds us. I got all excited there. A home isn't just what surrounds us, but it's also what is within us. And I had a chance to see that uh, a few years back when I went to Israel. Uh, I went to Israel for two weeks, and I was gone for two weeks. And at that point, we didn't have a Sam quite with us yet. He wasn't born yet. We just had an Addison, and she was young. Uh, And I was gone for two weeks, and so I got back very late. The flight was delayed. We got in very late. Um, And we got into the airport, and I didn't think at that point that uh, the kids would have still been up. But Melanie said, we'll be there, and Addison and I will be there. Uh, And it was just like out of the movies. 
Uh, Liam, I clicked out of it, but if you'll take me back to that photo. Uh, when I saw Addison, and she was very young at that age, we were across the airport, and she ran towards me, and I ran towards her, and we just had this like embrace of a crash. And I was so excited to see her and Melanie, uh, and so excited for us to be back together. I, I of course, brought her a, a Minnie Mouse. She, if she ever tells you that she thinks that Minnie Mouse is from, from Jerusalem. I didn't find a suitable gift at that point, so that Minnie Mouse is actually from the Orlando airport. But if she asks, <laughs> please help me to assure her that Minnie Mouse is from Israel. But when I think about the idea of home, I think about this photo because it reminds me that home is a place of embrace. And, and we'd spend a lot of time and a lot of energy, especially in a suburban place like this, thinking about the physicalness of our home. And when we sing Home for the Holidays, we sing a lot thinking about those physical places. But at the heart of it, home is an embrace. And the deepest sense of home that we'll ever find is allowing ourselves that kind of running together between God and humanity that meets in the middle, where we embrace God and God embraces us and said, you are beloved, you belong, you are home. Jesus comes into the world. Jesus makes a home for us in the heart of God. The heart of God resides in our heart. It's a mystery to figure out, but if I could leave you with one thing this morning, it's that to allow the sense of home and the feelings that we have this time of year to point you to the embrace of God. And so, of course, the good news for us is that uh, as we sing, home is where the heart is and the love of God is here in this world. Advent reminds us that even though we are not home yet, and even though the world isn't at its final redemption yet, that God has still made a place for us. And, and that when we receive that love, we become the children of God. And we looked at verse 15 this morning where uh, John the Baptist tells us, and you'll take me to verse 15 if you don't mind. Uh, it tells us that John the Baptist understood that he wasn't the light, but that there was one who would come after him who was greater because that one existed before. And so I want to invite us to reflect on that idea this morning, to recognize that we have the mission to be like John the Baptist, to be the ones who are telling the world, I am not the light, but I can point you towards the one who is home, the person in whom you can place your trust and your hope. And so I want to ask you this week, how can we be home for someone else this week? How can we be home for someone else this week. Now, the first way I hear that in my head is how can I be physically at my home for the sake of someone else? But again, let's think a little bit deeper about this. How can I, in the people I work with, my neighbors, the people I see, people I'm in relationship with every day, how can I extend to them a sense of belonging, a sense of compassion, a, a sense that I see them and I understand where they're at? How might we be home for someone else? Because in doing so, we're pointing beyond ourselves to the God who comes in the person of Jesus. I want to invite us to wrestle with that question of how we might be a person in a place of belonging, of welcome, and of love that points us to, as we lit in the candle this morning, the love of God that's made real in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.